All right. We are live. Hey, right, good morning, everybody. It's Chris. And Derek, you know the vibes. Y'all back here to another episode of It Is What It Is. Hey, today, uh, kind of kind of got an early jump on the day. Well, it's already 12 over here now. This is true. We need some fucking mimosas or something. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's brunch o'clock, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> No, but, uh, well, we've we been up early, and we've been here at the house early just chopping it up. Um, but today I wanted to start off with a quote, you know, get Derek's take on it. Uh, just something I ran into um, while I was cruising through the, the metaverse, the internet, as I call it. Uh, but it's, it's, I don't know, I, I'll just get Derek's take on it before I get my opinion on the quote. Anyways, a quote, it's uh, Marcus Aurelius. It says, uh, it can ruin your life if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. So Derek, tell me what you feel about that, man. Tell me how you feel about that. You need me to read it again or? Yeah, read that one more time. One more time, one more time. All right, it can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. End quote. Hmm. That's kind of deep. Um, honestly, I think character is the foundation, the building block of what makes us us. So I think when your character is, your overall character um, characteristics are tainted, you're no longer... The person you inspire to be but uh something else yeah um and that can be problematic yeah yeah so uh when i read that when i first read that what came to mind is uh what well one thing i guess it stuck with me maybe it could just be my situations in life and stuff like that but really like who you surround yourself with and what situations you put yourself in um and i think it kind of like plays into two things one is like we tend to worry a lot you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like don't like i personally tend to worry all the time about and and in retrospect it's about things that probably are very minimal and don't even matter in life Mm -hmm. um so when I read the quote, it can only ruin your life. I read it pretty much as like, it can only harm you. It can only ruin your life if, if it ruins your character, if it messes with your morality. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, if you know what you're doing is right. You really have nothing to worry about. Then like stick to your guns and be who you are and don't let your character come into question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we have to put, put ourselves in uncomfortable situations because we have to speak up on something that we know is right and it could be different for everybody because what might be right to my moral compass might be wrong to your moral compass you know and for most for most situations like moral compasses should generally align but in today's in in today's age i feel like with so many things that are out there so many ideas you know some people might be might not have you know some people got some twisted moral compasses and they think it's okay in other words um not to get too into that but 
yeah, I just, I just always see it as like, I read that quote as like, you know, as long as you're doing what's right and you know, it's right to you, then, you know, stick to your guns, speak up when you need to. And just like, don't be a sheep, you know, like don't just go along with something, you know, is wrong. I like that. Um, and it's funny you say that because I think we live in a society where one of the only free things we are guaranteed is our ability to speak. Sometimes. <laughs> but with that being said, we are free to say whatever the hell we want. Yeah. But we are not necessarily free from the consequences oh, that facts. come with saying what we want yeah because at the end of the day because there's so many opinions somebody's always going to have an opinion about what you said good bad or indifferent yes sir very much agree with that so with that when we talk about consequences though and we talk about since we talk about free speech a little bit here right Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm 50 50 on that I'm 50-50 on that because I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, mm-hmm. but I'm 50-50 because I don't feel as if we are as free to say whatever we want as we really are. And that's true. But the idea the is idea, yeah. that we're free to say whatever we want, yeah. but just know that there are consequences if someone doesn't like what you said. And that's a problem. I don't think the consequences are a problem. And let me give you an example, right? If I were to say something that would quote-unquote get me canceled, right? Mm -hmm. I'm canceled now. I believe there are consequences that you're you're held liable for. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm just like, maybe this is just like a hardcore way of seeing it. But if I say something that like were to upset you, and you get up right now, you come across this table and you beat my ass. (laughs) Hey, like that's a consequence, right? You know what I'm saying? Like... I said something I was free to say, and in consequence, I got my ass beat, right? Vice versa. However, what I don't agree with is consequences like, you know, oh, like that, that whole cancel. Like, oh, we're going to we're gonna call your job and get you fired. Like, or we're going to start doxing people yeah. and having fucking people show up at the Yeah, we're going to drop your address and, like, people are going to show up to your front house. Because at that point, I don't know if the consequence is really, like, you know, I don't know if that, that really constitutes free speech anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I think some consequences, like, are warranted if you say something. But you shouldn't feel like you can't say something because they're going to put your information out there and harass your family. Exactly. Is that like free speech still? You know what I mean? Exactly. No, I totally agree. Because here's the thing. If you or I get on the fucking internet, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts and say something that upsets somebody that much that they decide to send the entire fucking congregation of whatever after us. That's a problem in itself because it's you or I, one person, saying whatever the fuck we feel like saying, but you have a coalition of individuals after that one person. Yeah. If you want to fight me, then fight me. Yeah, 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 facts, facts. But if you want to send a mob after me because I had an opinion about something, 
rather than asking me what I meant, because maybe there is just some confusion or maybe I didn't convey what I meant correctly. Yeah. But instead, people are so caught up in their own ideas that they can't see beyond what they're thinking in that moment. Mm. Speech, freedom of speech is an emotional fucking roller coaster in itself because there are so many emotions tied to that just saying what you want to say yeah no I agree I used to get upset when somebody might refer to me as the n-word right now today I don't care you know why because it doesn't describe or define who I am as a person. That word means absolutely nothing to me. It doesn't fit my characteristics or my character traits. Mm. So it's, and it lacks originality. Like if you're <laughs> gonna say some fucking shit about me, then say something that's gonna have me ready to punch you in your fucking jaw. Don't say some yeah. shit that's fucking overused and overdone. Yeah. Yeah. Or past that. <laughs> I know you can come up with something more original. Right, right, right yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I think... And I think also, like, because you, you mentioned, like, if, if we were to get on the internet, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, I guess kind of, you know, when we publish this and all that stuff, we kind of are on the internet. But uh, I wholeheartedly believe in, like, I'm not going to say something on the internet that I wouldn't say to somebody in person. Of course. And that's the that's the mentality, like with technology and all, like all that all that stuff we have, the advancements we can communicate all the way across the world in a matter of a second by just hitting send, right? We tend to feel real comfortable because there's a, a big buffer between us. Of course, there's that fucking divide, the yeah. keyboard and you. Yeah. And you're saved from the rest of the world as long as you have that keyboard in front of you. But we exist outside of that room yeah. where that keyboard sits. Outside the metaverse, bro. This is real life. <laughs> IRL, you know, in real life. But uh, I think that, and that has a, I see like a lot of problems with that. One, people feel too comfortable to say like really ignorant shit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think that it's, it causes for a breakdown in communication because I know personally, right? Even like with my spouse, when I'm having a conversation, something I want to convey like more seriously, I'm not going to text her about it because I could send a text. I could send you a text and be like, Hey Derek, where you at? Question mark. And you could read it as, Hey Derek, where you at? question mark you know what i mean like you can read in a whole different tone and maybe that's not the tone i wanted to convey so then you ever see that uh key and peel skit mm-hmm. <laughs> what you ever see that key and peel skit bro where they're like texting each other back and forth and like they're just reading it completely different yeah. yeah 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 and that's it that's the problem is like then we have this animosity towards each other mm-hmm. and everything gets lost in translation yeah because of how you decided to fucking interpret that message yeah and then maybe you text me back hey i'm on my way or like you text me back like, hey I'm, I'm on my way but i read it as like hey i'm on my way and i text back like okay bet 
But then you read it as like, oh, okay, this motherfucker got an attitude now. <laughs> so now you show up to my house with like animosity or anger, right? And then maybe like I answer the door and I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? And like, we're just on two different wavelengths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we didn't have that clear, concise communication between each other. Exactly. We were reading each other's words in different tones. Facts. You know, and we're not authors when we're texting. We're not conveying like the proper emotion through text. We're doing it in split seconds. Mm -hmm. We're just typing away. So... With, with this, like, online and people debating online, I think we're, people feel more comfortable to say ignorant shit, mm -hmm. which causes people to, or maybe, maybe not even just saying ignorant shit, maybe they're just trying to uh, convey an idea and get, like, and have a conversation, but when people read that idea, they misread it as, you know, offensive or something any it's just like nowadays anything can be taken the wrong way no i think you are 100 percent correct and i don't know why i think about this because again there was a point in time where i used to follow a lot of activists quote-unquote activists on tiktok and you would see how a dialogue a simple dialogue would go from a to Z in seconds because of how somebody read a message and it may have not been meant that way. Yeah. And it turns into a whole fucking argument online for absolutely what? Yeah. I'm not even realizing you two motherfuckers are on the same goddamn team and yet now y'all are beefing with each other because of miscommunication. Mm. That's if, fact. If you're upset about something, pick up the fucking phone. And ask what that person meant versus popping off online. Because now you have that safety buffer protecting you from whatever the fuck you're about to say when it may not be warranted. Yeah. If you're going to pop off, then pop off. But pop off for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we can, we can solve like a lot of our problems by just hashing it out face to face you know i don't mean like brawling mm -hmm. but i mean like sitting down and having a conversation okay what is your your views x my views y why do i see it from this perspective but you see it from this perspective mm -hmm. you know we're looking at the same direction at some point our line of sights have to intersect so let's find the point where we intersect in our ideology or not our ideas and let's backtrack from there and see if we can find a middle ground to solve this problem that we're having it's, it's so simple, bro. It, and that's the problem. It sounds so simple that it would never be that simple. And I would love to agree with you on this one. Um, I mean, I guess I don't even agree with myself on this one. <laughs> like, I like to think it's that simple because, I don't know, because of the way we are, right? Mm -hmm. We could talk about anything, bro. Anything. Because we don't always agree on shit, but we oh, find no. a way to find a common ground or we agree to disagree. Yeah. But I feel like, in that sense, there are people out there who are just determined, without a shadow of a doubt, to believe whatever it is that they believe, and they don't want to hear anybody else's thoughts or ideas towards the subject. And I think sometimes it's not that they just don't want to hear it, but I think we're, we're being, like, almost pushed to the level of, like, okay, you either agree with me or you're my enemy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not the case. That's, that's not. Too. That's not just... That's not just oppressing freedom of speech, but that's that's oppressing like free thinking. Mm -hmm. People, you gotta remember like, you have 
freedom of speech to say whatever you want, but you're also guaranteed, you know, freedom, like freedom as a person. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling me, hey, you can't even think this, like, like that, you, you just even thinking this is wrong, right? You're oppressing people before they can even speak. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy, bro. That, that's an insane, that's insanity. You know what I mean? For me to say like, oh, you know, you either agree with me or you're my enemy. One, the problem with that is you're going to have a lot of enemies. Mm -hmm. Two, you're only going to surround yourself with people who agree with you and no one is ever going to question, you know, anything you have to say. And if nobody's questioning your ideas, then you're not learning, bro. If I say like, hey, I'm going to get on my roof and jump off this building and you're like, and I'm going to, I'm going to land on my side and I'm going to survive because, you know. I think physics works like that. And nobody's coming to question my logic, bro. That's dangerous, you know what I mean? You're setting yourself up for failure. So me personally, I like to surround myself with people who disagree with my ideas. Mm-hmm. So you can find a, a different perspective. Yeah. And gain a better understanding. It's like, it's like a fresh cut, you know? Oftentimes we want the barber to go with the grain because that's just the natural growth of our hair but in those instances there are times where it's necessary to go against the grain mm. and get that even cut all over yeah help refine that growth you yeah. know facts facts yeah no I, I think yeah I think the best thing you can do is you know be open to other people's ideas, not necessarily agree with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to just like change it the way you think and agree with other people. But if you're like rock solid on your beliefs, then you shouldn't have a problem having a conversation about it with somebody who has the opposite beliefs or a different view. If yes. you're if you're solid in what you believe, you know, like we could we can uh, relate this to religion, right? Mm -hmm. If you're solid in your religion, right? You you believe in Christianity will say you're a Christian through and through and no question about it nobody can change your mind about it then at the at the least you shouldn't mind at least having a conversation with somebody who maybe they're, they're Muslim mm -hmm. and they're solid in their beliefs and you guys should be able to have a conversation and at least understand each other I'm not saying change each other's minds. Like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be trying to change anybody's mm -hmm. mind. But you should at least be able to have that conversation, and you might be surprised. You might leave with with a different perspective. Exactly because, and that's a perfect analogy, a perfect point. Because having done um, religious studies not terribly long ago, I didn't realize how very similar the three Abrahamic religions are Judaism, um, Islam, and Christianity. And they're very similar. They use different names and some of the, the tales are slightly different. But overall, the intent, there's so much in seeing that there should never really be a discourse between the three groups. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're all kind of the same yeah they're all fairly similar yeah. very much so and even now like I think back to a point in time where you were indifferent about religion and I was like gun ho yeah. Christian and 
now I'm just sort of indifferent and you're more of a believer. You yeah. know, our, the, the roles are reversed. I'm not completely dismissive. I just don't know what to believe. Whereas you maintain your level of faith. I try, you know. You know? You know. So. Um, but that's a, that's a perfect example of something we actually went through and I didn't even think about that. Um, had it not been, you know, I, I was indifferent, not necessarily not a believer, but not, not as strong as a faith that I like acquired throughout mm-hmm. my time now. But had I, had I been like shut down and not willing to have a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. I would have never progressed to where I am now. Well, I call it progression because self-progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing is we have to break those barriers and we have to be willing to have those conversations. Exactly. You know, like that that old saying where they're like, oh, what, what's the three, three things? Oh, you never talk about religion, politics, or finances, right? That's Why not? Exactly. Why, Why not? are those things off limits? Yeah, and it's the, the idea behind it is you don't talk about those things because they create for tension and they cause issues, but why should they? You know, they shouldn't. We should be able to have conversations exactly and it's weird because i think the rule of thumb is if you don't talk about it then it's not a problem it's not a problem until you talk about it right but regardless if you're talking about it or not if it's an issue it's still going to be an issue it's just going to be a silent issue and me personally i'm so far past the point of wanting to suffer in silence facts like there's an issue let's let's talk about it exactly. let's find a solution but I, I think Loki. I think our society is set up to create us that way oh and most like, definitely I don't mean to like sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that but I, I think in everything you look right alright for example we'll talk about politics we already talked about religion a little bit but we'll talk about politics and we'll talk about um finances mm-hmm. alright We'll start with finances. In the finance world, right? In mm-hmm. the stock market, I'm not a finance expert and I'm not giving financial advice, but you're either, uh, what do they say? You're either a bear or a bull. I think, I think those are the terminologies. Okay. But you're either like always betting that it's going to crash or you're always betting that it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. Or you're either like always like, you know, you're, you're on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. You're betting for, you're betting against. The market. Okay. That's my understanding of it. I'm not a stock pro and I barely even dabble in stocks anymore. But that's my understanding of it. And this is a very, I'm giving like a very like low level explanation of it. Um, but I would love to have somebody on here in the podcast that knows a lot about this and they could talk all day. Anyways, back to the point. So you're always like, you're one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. In politics. We're, we, there is more, but like, let's be honest, it's a two-party system. Mm-hmm. You're either Democrat or Republican. Unless you're in some other nation, which literally only has one, but yeah. pretends there's more. Yeah. Well, at least in our society, mm-hmm. right? you're either a Democrat or Republican. Yeah, there's like uh, non-affiliated people, there's like libertarians, all this, but the candidates are always Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. Why, why is it 
why are there always two sides to the pig farm? Exactly. You know, like, isn't that a little, not suspicious, but a little concerning? You know, why is it that if you're a Democrat, you're a diehard Democrat, and you hate all Republicans? And if you're a Republican, you're a diehard Republican, and you hate all Democrats? And then what's this about fucking, if you're a Democrat, then you're instantly a liberal, or if you're a Republican, you're instantly conservative, but where's that middle line where like you might feel like you're a democrat but you can kind of agree or resonate with some of the ideals of a republican that's what i'm saying like me in nature Mm -hmm. because well let me explain right being a liberal and being a democrat aren't the same thing Mm -hmm. and being a conservative and being a republican aren't the same thing they're they're just they're terms that sometimes align with the party's ideas. Mm-hmm. But me, like, I consider myself a man, a conservative man in values, traditional, like I am. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a Republican because sometimes I agree with the ideas of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Generally, I'm more more so as a matter of fact i hate politics actually but i love guns uh in other words like i'm just second amendment pro all right but uh besides that i don't really care too much about politics but i do i do consider myself a man who's more conservative in nature because by definition conservative is a person who is adverse to change and holds traditional values and it's okay to maintain to want to maintain a certain level of tradition yeah you know there's nothing inherently wrong about that depending on how you view what tradition means yeah and again i guess it depends on what tradition we're talking about Mm -hmm. me that you like i like traditional values as in like you know what a man is and what a man should be, right? And I hold I hold those values. But I'm not traditional in the sense where like, oh, I don't want change and I refuse change. Exactly. I'm open to any idea, mm-hmm. but my values in nature, the way I was raised, are conservative. That's not to say that like every liberal idea I discard, there are a few I agree, there are a few I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But why can't we have these conversations? Why is it like, why do they say it's taboo to talk about religion, politics, or finances? Again, because people seem to bring feelings into the matter when it doesn't require any sort of emotional attachment. These are simple conversations, or they could be simple conversations if you just open your ears and listen. Yeah, if you just hear them out. And stop thinking with your fucking... Heart. I mean, I can understand passion, having a certain level of passion towards a subject, but it doesn't have to be your level of passion. It doesn't have to be heated or tense when you're having these discussions. Yeah. How do you find a solution? You talk about it. Yeah. But, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is like, our whole society shouldn't be divided in two. Exactly. It always feels like it's divided in two. 
every time there's a, a like a new policy, a new idea, you're either with it or you're against it. You can't be, but you can't be in the middle. Like, oh, I agree with some of it. I don't agree with something. You're either all for it or all against it. And all all that creates is zombies, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh my my uh. The political figure I look up to said this, so I have to agree with this. That's not like that's not free speech. That's not free thinking. Like you're just another. Uh, what what do they call them? NPC, bro. You're just a fucking NPC going along with it. Non-playable characters. Like, I, and I, we gotta break through that. Like we have to find that disconnect. And I think that's what, um, like we we were talking about it earlier, but I think that's like why we always have such great conversation because for like the listeners who don't know me and Derek a lot of the time like are on different um like different parts of the spectrum I'm not always on opposites but sometimes on opposites sometimes I'm more in the middle and he's more somewhere else sometimes it's vice versa Mm -hmm. hence why our one of our like our logos is a it's a yin and yang it's because we we are opposites, but we come together to create what's the word like uh, you like we come to we unify to create cohesiveness cohesiveness. I don't know. I don't even know the word to use, but like we're able to come together and talk about this shit, and it doesn't end in a in a fist fight. Exactly. You know. I want to share this, just a little excerpt of something that I started working on. Um, Cause you know, I haven't done a blog in a hot minute, right? Mm. And one day I was just sitting and I was reading something and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it was talking about this um, woke agenda, this quote unquote woke agenda. And for whatever it's worth, I don't think that people understand what the term woke actually means. Um, so I kind of go off on a tangent in the introduction, and I'm like, uh, where should I start at? I'll just start from the top. If I ever decided to wake up and immediately choose violence, today might be that day. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would I care to do a thing like that? Trust me, it's not what you think. Although I don't owe anyone an explanation, I will still explain my why. There are times when I used to value the opinions of others. I've never made it my MO to offend those around me. Although I intend to remain true to that consciously, I cannot promise any persons reading this won't be bothered or get in their feelings. Hell, I can't ensure that a simple discussion, debate won't be misconstrued. Will I be labeled prejudiced, bigot, misogynistic, or racist for my beliefs, thoughts, opinions, or views? I hope not, but if it is, or, but it is a possibility, and to say that is, it is what it is. However, if that's the road you intend to take, kindly call me an equal opportunity racist, bigot, or sexist. I compromise nothing, and the truth I live is equally redistributed regardless of your token affiliation and those constructs you cling to. Today, there are so many isms in play, even the noblest actions have small, have lost merit. Some claim their lessons are geared towards the greater good, only to fall short free will. 
describes acting independently of external forces. However, shared opinions have made us more sheep than cattle. What's free, you ask? What's free? What's free? What's free? I think... I think nothing's free and everything comes at a price. Whether, like, whether if it's what we were just talking about, if it's your morality or if it's your time, everything comes at a price. Even thinking comes at a price. Bro, you gotta work to be able to get vacation time. (laughs) (laughs) To take some leave. Like, come on, bro. No, no, no. Nothing's free, bro. I, I remember my dad telling me that as a kid. He said, son... It doesn't matter what the government gives you. It doesn't matter like uh, what it what it advertises. Nothing is free. Everything comes at a price. But like when uh, when I you were talking about that at one point you you were reading what you wrote and you said um, if I'm to be labeled a misogynistic, be it a racist for my beliefs, then it's like so be it. It is what it is. I think that ties in perfectly to wrap it all up with the quote, it can only ruin your life if it ruins your character. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if somebody were to come and say, oh, Derek, you're a misogynistic bigot. <laughs> no, that, that's his prerogative. That's his right. And that's his free speech and free speaking. Free thinking. Does it make it true? Absolutely not. I guess what I'm trying to say is, People can have ideas about you, mm-hmm. and that is their right, because we were just talking about free speech and free thinking. That is their prerogative. But if I know it not to be true, then I shouldn't be worried about what people think about me. Exactly. If, I, if somebody says, you know, somebody listens to this and they're like, oh, Chris, you're a misogynist because you said you believe in conservative values. So be it, bro. That... I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying that that's your right to think that. I'm, I don't think I am. I don't think my wife thinks I am. But uh, that's, you know, that's that's where you stand. That's where you stand, big dog. Like, I can't tell you nothing. Exactly. It's in the motto. It is what it is. It is what it is. I know it not to be true, so I'm not going to let it affect my life. I'm not going to let that comment ruin me because it can only ruin me. If it ruins my character, and only I can ruin my character. Um, by compromising yourself. By compromising yourself. And I think that, like, I heard you say that, and I was like, that ties in perfectly to what we just were talking about. But, great quote, Marcus Aurelius. I'll read it one more time if you guys want to go find it. Uh, it can only ruin your life if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. And a little background for those who don't know, Marcus Aurelius was a Roman emperor from 161 to 180 AD uh, and a Stoic philosopher. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know. I just read that off the online. I have to verify that. I know he was a philosopher. I didn't know him for being a Roman emperor, but that just goes to show how uneducated I am. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I know he's a well-known philosopher. Um very well known in his time i actually did not know him for being an emperor that's crazy yeah that's a good fun fact yeah definitely check him out if you're interested in more of his quotes also you know i'm gonna give a shout out not that they pay me and honestly the the page is kind of cringy um 
but I really like it. It's a page I follow and I really like it because they give like famous quotes from like ancient philosophers and you know, I'm a history nerd. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I'm fascinated with ancient civilizations, you know. So the, the page is called um, Ancient Mentors and they just give like quotes. That's all they do is give quotes from ancient mentors, like people who live, usually philosophers um plato marcus aurelius okay that type of thing actually you know what i think a while back maybe like a month or so ago you sent me a quote from the page i think i might and i'm pretty sure i followed it okay yeah yeah i don't know like sometimes uh i like it because you know you see a lot of like useless mind-numbing shit on the internet Mm -hmm. and like i find myself sometimes not often i try to minimize my screen time but I find myself sometimes when I don't got nothing to do, just like caught in a cycle of like going through like reels or videos, whatever. And I'm just like scrolling through them. Mm-hmm. And then because I follow these pages, the algorithm will like slide one of those in mm-hmm. and they'll like break me from that cycle. You okay. know, because I'll see something that's like, I, from go, I'll go from like mind numbing content to like, oh shit, that just made me think. And it'll help me, like, put my phone down and get back into the grind. Yeah, because you definitely need those moments. I think if the internet was just completely filled with bullshit, we'd be far dumber than we actually are yeah. right now. Not that we're... I mean, we are going down yeah. that path, but, like, <laughs> we need those uh, those safeties in place. Uh, but, yeah. And that's funny, because I'm in the process of reading this book right now. I'll tell you the name of it. Um... I've had it for a little while, but since I feel like I'm always on the go, even though I'm not fucking, um, I've got the digital copy as well. It's called Stolen Focus by Johan Harry. I think that's how you pronounce his name in the subtitle, Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. Oh. Um, Kind of opens up talking about his godson and how he was obsessed with Elvis growing up. And this went on for years, and then there's a point where everything stops and it transitions. He drops out of high school, and everything is just about being in front of a screen, his phone, his iPad, etc. And the author started to fall under this fucking mindset, too. And then all of a sudden, one day, he's just like, look. We're going to get up and we're going to go to the home of Elvis. We're going to go and see it. I promised you that I would take you one day, but the condition, the stipulation is you have to stay off of your phone. What? So they went um, and they started exploring and shit. And once they get there, like they realize that everything, like basically the tour is via iPad. So as you're walking through the sites... Like, the iPad is your tour guide, essentially, guiding you and explaining what this is. And he's like, that kind of defeats the purpose of why we came here. And then he looks off to his left and notices that his godson is on his phone. And he's just super frustrated by it. So I guess over the course of writing this book, he went on this conquest across the world, speaking to different speakers and advocates and persons who have studied focus and is on a quest to see why naturally we're just losing our ability to focus on the things that we would have been able to focus on for longer periods of time a while ago yeah wow that's that's crazy yeah um 
that actually kind of sucks though like for the like if you're a tour guide mm-hmm. you know i think about it because like of what i do is like i'm a teacher you know i'm not a teacher like i don't teach at like a public school or something like that but i'm a teacher of sorts mm-hmm. i uh facilitate or instruct um and if i were to just like have my lesson plan based off an ipad and I just like give all my students an iPad and I'm like, okay, as we tour this equipment, you know, as we walk around this equipment and just look at your iPad and no reference, you know, like if it ever came down to that, I think that would kind of really upset me because one, I can't learn like that. Mm-hmm. Although some people learn really well like that, I personally can't. But uh, also I'm really passionate about what I teach and the information I give so that like you know that not saying that tour guide is but like if you're a tour guide for something like you said elvis's house right Mm -hmm. i imagine if you're a tour guide for elvis's house you're not just some like random off the street like you're probably a super elvis fan yeah you know or maybe you bought the house and you decided to invest in like the tour thing so you know I'm guessing you bought the house because you're a super Elvis fan. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, like, there actually is no tour guide. Like, literally, the iPad is leading them through. So it's like you're you're going through this tour. Yeah. But you literally only have the iPad in hand. Yeah. Which is kind of cringy. Is there something else I... God damn it, Siri's always listening. (laughs) Which is kind of cringy, you know what I mean? Um... And I kind of feel the same way, like, when it comes to distance learning, like, learning online or whatever. You literally have communication via your happy medium. Yeah. But everything else is through the computer. You have to be a special sort of someone to go the extra mile to learn the material because, realistically, it's it's a challenge just sitting in front of a computer doing college online. Yeah. Because... What's stopping you or anyone else from finding the first fucking website that allows you to fucking cheat and just doing that? Not saying that I would ever do that. I'm totally against that. Yeah. But it happens far. Bro, I can tell you. Chat GPT. No. (laughs) Don't fucking. I hate that fucking thing. Bro. Um. We can talk about Chat GPT, but since you said that, you know, I recently just went to a course. And uh, I think what I struggled the most with that course is I did pretty well in the course, um, mm-hmm. not the two mile horn, but I, I did pretty well in the course and I can acknowledge that. But it wasn't without extreme struggle because of what we just talked about. A lot of that course and not to take away from those instructors because they were great instructors, but a lot of that course was designed. The course was designed this way um, to make, I guess I'd say it's to make you more independent. It's mm-hmm. like a not like a high level course but it's a higher level course than the ones I've been to before and the course was kind of designed that way and I'm assuming it's to make you more like independent and be able to teach yourself but I really I really just like when somebody is like super passionate about something and they just like sit there in front of a a board and they just like can talk about it for hours and maybe it's just because I like to listen to people talk and I like to talk with people and engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that course was designed to, uh, it was like, hey, this is a material. We're going to run through it real quick. 
and then you're expecting to like learn it on your own type thing. Yeah. Um, and luckily, the instructor that I had was great. Um, and he, even though it was designed that way, I, f- I feel like he did go the extra mile to talk about it mm-hmm. and like probably took a little bit more classroom time. But I don't know. I, I think I- I'm sure somebody would disagree with me and say the opposite. But I thought he did take a he did take his own initiative to talk about it. Of course. But the course was designed for you to just kind of learn on your own, and I can't learn like that, bro. So I did struggle with that course, um, especially when it came to the more academic portions of that course, like mm-hmm. writing papers and stuff. You know, I was messaging you like two or three times a day, probably bothering you on your time off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mind. But uh, no, I really was though. Um, every time we had to write a paper. I'm like I'm a good public speaker, but I am horrible at conveying the same opinions on a piece of paper because you can't write the way you speak. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling with that, and it I did like a lot of YouTube learning where like I, I just watched these like uh, this one chick who was like really good at writing papers break it down for me, and then I would send my paper to you and get your opinion on it. But yeah, I couldn't just do it on my own. I had to have like somebody kind of not guide me not hold my hand but give me that instruction or explain to me like why is it this way and why is it not this way um maybe it's just like the way i think Mm -hmm. but i can't just take oh x equals blank you know like why does x equal that show me the whole equation don't just tell me why like what it is Mm -hmm. you know so no i totally get that um and i think for whatever it's worth, it definitely shows that the course kind of tapped into a hidden thing with you. It kind of ignited this self-starting ability, which is the point yeah, of the course. Yeah, no, for sure. But at the same time, like, there are multiple learning styles, kinesthetic, meaning you're hands-on, audio, yeah. and visual, right? What do you do for those people who aren't self-starters, who have a difficult time knowing where to begin for those persons who have never written a paper in their life and you give them a link to a web page telling you this is how you do it yeah how do you allow them to tap into that ability to learn when you're not catering your instructions to their style of learning yeah like that's a problem you know, and we tend to get like caught up in this one side. Well, this is how we're going to teach things. And that's it without even taking into account that people learn different ways. Yeah. Some people, it's easier to fucking be out there and touching everything. And that's how they learn. Some people can literally read for hours and suck everything up like a sponge. Yeah. Other people can sit in a room loud as hell and just hear and listen to the sounds in the background and gain all the knowledge they need to. But you have to know the individual to know how they learn, right? Yeah, facts, facts. And uh, I, I don't mean to take away from the course because like I said, I really enjoyed the course. But um, from my understanding from my friends in college and the universities and stuff, you're, I know you're also in the university. Um, that's just kind of the same way they do it there. It is. They just tell you like, this is your assignment. You can read these chapters. I need the following by Friday. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they give you a syllabus, 
They tell you what chapters to read. They give you the additional resources to kind of tie everything together. And then in the midst of discussions, you're being troubleshot on anything that might need some clarity or can give you a different perspective of looking at things, which is beneficial being able to have that dialogue. But you have to go back and read the discussions. And I'm sorry, personally, if my discussion is due on Wednesday, I'm trying to knock it out by Tuesday. I may not go back to the discussion post until the end of the week, primarily because if I have to read two or three chapters that are 15 plus pages each, and then I still have to do the outline for a five to eight page paper, and I'm still at work actively like that's a bit much for me yeah so there has to be like some drawdown time to get your thoughts together and still do whatever it is you need to do in between that's a lot yeah yeah well i will say um the course they set it up to where you had plenty of time to do these activities on your own to do these papers and like this read these researches me personally though full like disclosure I can't. If it's due on Tuesday, I'm doing it Monday night. I have to. I might do like a real, real rough draft like Saturday, and then I'll like okay, I'll look at it again on t- on Monday night. Be- and I don't know why, bro, but when it's crunch time, I perform. Yeah, and I know you that's work not a good very habit. well under pressure, which yeah. is you're you're an oddball. I always thought you were weird for that, but <laughs> I'm not gonna knock your hustle. Like it just works for me. It just works for me, and I know it's not a good habit because like it comes with a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Because you know, aside from just doing that last minute, the rest of your life kind of piles on, and you can't control what life throws at you. Exactly. You can't say like, oh, it's due Tuesday. I'll just block off all of Monday to do it. You like to think you can, but, like, the reality is, like, life's going to hit you with some shit. But I, I have to do it because if I were to do it, for example, Friday afternoon or Saturday, and I just, like, block off the day and knock it out, I'm going to be like, okay, it's good, and then I'm just going to submit it Monday night or even just submit it that same day. Mm-hmm. But when it's due the day b- before or the day after and I'm doing it the day prior, like... Yo, I'm doing it. I think it's good. I'll reread it 15 times. I'll make 15 changes, and then I know it's good. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, like, it was working for me. Like, I was getting pretty good grades on my papers and pretty good grades on my assignment. But I know that's not a good habit, and I don't recommend it for anybody. It probably has to do with, like, ADD. Um, <laughs> you might. I mean, I wouldn't even doubt it, but, like... I say, like, a lot of us have it yeah in our profession but it's the chemicals in the water bro <laughs> anyways <laughs> it's uh, weird that you say that though because i find my way of doing things a little unorthodox too but they're two different sides of the coin like how i normally do things is if i have an assignment or whatever i'm actively researching throughout the week i'm typing it in on the phone whenever i have some downtime i got like 10 15 minutes boom I can open up the browser real quick, type this topic. If I like it or if I read through, skim through it, and it has the information that I'm looking for, I'll bookmark it. In the meantime, I'm building a shell for my outline on my phone. I'm actively typing everything in my notes. Um, I usually keep Grammarly on my phone, so 
I'm running everything through Grammarly simultaneously while I'm typing shit out. Mm. So by the end of whenever it's due, I pretty much have the shell of it. It's just a simple copy and paste from my phone to my Word document. And then I start finalizing everything there. Yeah. So I, I kind of did the same thing, except like I don't type anything. <laughs> like I don't put any words on paper until like I'm going to write the whole thing. I'll do my rough draft, my revised rough draft, my maybe final draft, and then my final final draft mm -hmm. the same day. But like, uh, example, I had a research paper to do. They gave me the topic. Me being traditional as I am, I, I went to the library. So I went to the library and I found like actual books on this topic. I pulled like, I read these, some of these books, you know, skimmed through it, found what I wanted, wrote it down. And then I found some online sources too because I couldn't find too much on it. So after um, I found some like, for online I used like the data and stuff that I wanted. That, mm -hmm. Like data that I couldn't pull off books, case gotcha. studies, stuff like that. Uh, just like linked it, put it in my phone, and then I didn't look at it till the day it was due prior. And then I pulled all of it up and just started going away. And then, yeah. Like I said, whatever works for whatever you. Whatever works, whatever works, man. But yeah. Um, you know, I want to back up a little bit because we were talking about shit being free. I don't even know how we got on the last subject, but it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ADD, bro. Facts. Let's talk about fucking inflation. Oh my God, bro. Bruh. I can't even go to Walmart and buy my normal shit without yeah. expecting that it's going to be like 200 plus. It's just me. Why? It's just you. I think I, we were talking about this earlier a little bit. And dude, I went to Walmart the other day and I, I swear to you, bro, on everything I love, I put four things in my cart, bro. Four things. You know, like, okay, to be fair, mm -hmm. it was ingredients. Um... I was having some friends over. They were coming to visit. I said, I'm going to do some, uh, some carne asada walking tacos, right? So I, I, what I needed, I already had the meat. I just needed, like, the ingredients for the marinade. I was going to make some homemade salsa and then the chips, right? Because I was going to – I did walking tacos. So, like, we cut the, the top off the chips. Mm -hmm. We filled it with the meat, you know, the okay. cheese. Like, like, if it was nachos, but, like – like that street food you get, like that. Really yeah, good like in the little baggie or whatever. Yeah. So, all I needed was like uh, some jalapenos, some tomatillos, which is the little green tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, I had the rest of the like seasonings and stuff. I needed some citrus, so I grabbed some oranges. Um, and maybe it's because I like to do everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. I don't like to get like, like some people just use like orange concentrate in the yeah, can like or the zest or whatever yeah. that's in the container no i totally get it yeah like i like to go from the raw ingredients to the cooked meal mm -hmm. um honestly i'm not saying it makes the food taste better but it makes me feel like cleaner about what i'm eating mm -hmm. so besides the chips i bought all the raw ingredients so some oranges some limes onions jalapenos tomatillos and chips and the most expensive thing I bought is I think I bought like a 24 case of beer which is probably like 
like eighteen twenty dollars. Yeah. All right. So eighteen twenty dollars, I will accept that cost because it was a luxury to have beer. Mm-hmm. Right. But the the raw ingredients, those are like typical household ingredients you want to have. You know that every family should have. Bro, I swear to you, it was like a hundred and five dollars for those five things. What did I say? Onions, oranges, limes, uh, jalapenos, and tomatillos. Everything else I had. That's absolutely insane. Bro, my cart was like scarcely empty when I was like, it was so empty. I was like, oh, I'll go to self checkout. Cause you know, self checkout's high speed now. You can, yeah. you can like weigh your ingredients, like you weigh the veggies and all that stuff if you need to. Like my my cart was empty. I was like, oh, I'll just go to self checkout. It'll be way quicker. A hundred and ten dollars, a hundred and five dollars. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like, what did I leave here with? I feel like I get robbed every time I go there. And I was I was just shook. That's shit, bro. So when you mentioned it, I don't think that at the time I realized actually what you purchased. And with the exception of the beer, I would expect that to be no more than maybe, maybe being generous, like 50 bucks. Yeah. But 105, that's... Like if it would have been 80 bucks, I would have been like, okay, I spent 50 or 60 bucks on ingredients and then I took the luxury of buying beer because, you know... Got an SI, don't go right with nothing, like a little 24-pack. It's a cold one, so you know what I mean? But I took the luxury of buying beer, right? And, you know, not to say that, like, I'm in a financial hurt or I'm, like, like living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not rich, but, like, I'm comfortable. Uh-huh. My, my family doesn't need anything, but that's ridiculous, bro. Well, I mean, that's an obvious shift from what a bunch of fucking veggies would have cost maybe three to five years ago right like that's absolutely insane so when you go to the store now do you look at like how much that might have cost like some years ago like have you ever done like a mental compare and contrast i mean like not really i definitely you know like like my dad used to say right when we were kids oh i remember when i could go to walmart and get like two carts of groceries for a hundred dollars Right, mm-hmm. so I I get I found myself in like being my dad for a second. I was like, "Dang, I remember for a hundred dollars I could fill up a whole grocery cart in Walmart." But yeah, like besides that, like mental comparison, I guess mm-hmm. I haven't really looked at the prices. And you know they do it real they do it real smoothly. Like oh, instead of two dollars a pound, it's two fifty a pound, and then you know then it's three fifty a pound. And then they started going up, but um, now I haven't really, like, sat down and looked at the data. Besides, you know, knowing that, like, inflation is going up all the time. But yeah, dude, it was mind-blowing. I mean, I, I would totally agree with you because just maybe a year and a half ago, I used to go grocery shopping regularly until I started my new job. I'm not home enough now so I don't generally do the level of grocery shopping that I used to but food for me just me and two fucking cats my food will last me a month a month and a half depending on what I get you know and I would go in and easily spend like $300 close to 
just for me. I mean, that might be a lot to some, but I get like relatively good stuff. Um, but now I probably go to the store and get a fraction of that. Yeah. I wouldn't even say half of what I get. And if I'm anywhere close to that, I'm looking at the register like, are you fucking serious? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? Yeah. Because it's a bit much. It's a little asinine if you ask me when before I literally had a cart that's filled to the top and two cases of water under it. Yeah. And now I probably do like a third of that cart with stuff. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like something I noticed, right? Because I was telling you I like the raw ingredients. Mm Mm-hmm. The convenient, I call it convenience food, like the pre-made stuff. Mm Mm-hmm is cheaper than getting the raw ingredients and making it yourself. Hmm. By, like, way cheaper. I'm gonna need to do grocery shopping. I'm gonna have to look at that because if that is 100% accurate, that sounds like an agenda to me. Uh, And I'm gonna pull your card and say I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but... And that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like, because, like, all right, you are, you know, like, convenience food is usually more expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to the convenience store or the gas station, you're going to pay more than for, if you go to the grocery store. Exactly. You're going to pay more for a little bag of chips versus going to the grocery store and buying a bigger bag of chips or buying the box with, like, multiple little bags of chips. Yeah. In it. Because you're paying for the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. So, why am I paying more for raw ingredients than if I were to get, like, frozen meals and just like stock my fridge with frozen meals exactly when you literally still have to do all the work by yourself with those raw ingredients that shit and you know what we live in a society that's fucking overweight it's morbidly obese let's be honest about it when we talk about trying to push this agenda of being healthier smarter individuals Yet, we're in positions where we still can't afford the shit that's better for us. Why is that? So, talking about that, right? I think we have a different idea of what healthy really is than what healthy really is. Facts. Because, and this this could be personally my own opinion. I know you eat very clean, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shit on your, like, your meal or your meals or anything like that. Because I've had your food. It's delicious. You're, like, the only person who could cook a vegetarian meal, and I won't, like, (laughs) I won't feel like a communist for eating it, all right? (laughs) No, I I like red meat. I like greasy food. But, so, like, I just came back from visiting my family down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And my parents, talked about them before, you know, they came from Cuba in the 90s. They're very old school, Mm -hmm. right? Like, my dad doesn't, like, when I was down there, we were going to cook some pork my dad went to the slaughterhouse picked the pig he was like yeah cut that up for me this is what i want to take from it Mm -hmm. so what he ordered he ordered some ribs uh he ordered some shoulder um and then he ordered some skin because he's gonna make uh pork rinds and then he said let me get about 20 pounds of fat Mm -hmm. so i'm used to this routine but for the people that don't know i'm gonna explain it so we got home he prepped all the meat, like he prepped everything he was gonna prep for the next day, and then he took the fat and we went outside, and he had a big like a uh, like a stove hooked up to a propane tank, and a big pot, and he threw all the fat in there. Mm-hmm. He let it cook down slowly, mixed it up, mixed it up, 
And then he pours it into a jar for my mom. And they put it in the fridge and let it cool. And then you have like solid white, like it looked like egg whites, bro. Solid white pig fat. Okay. All right. When my mom cooks, she doesn't use vegetable oil. She doesn't use avocado oil. She doesn't use any type of seed oil, no Crisco, no corn oil, nothing. Mm-hmm. She uses pig fat, bro. Straight from the fucking pig's back. Bro, literally. And my grandparents did that. My grandparents' grandparents did that. And you know what? All my grandparents have lived to be like 90 years old. And, you know, different shapes and different sizes for sure. Mm-hmm. At that age, you know, like once you get that old, you know, you're different shapes, different sizes. But all generally healthy. Besides the ones who smoked a lot in their lifetime, all generally healthy. And even the ones who smoked a lot, like I'm talking about smoke, smoke, bro. They still, like, you still made it to 90, bro. Yeah. That's impressive. Really impressive. Yo, like, if at 90, people are telling me, like, oh, you gotta quit smoking for your health, I'm gonna be like, for what? I'm 90, bro. I made it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just going, I'm going to cruise this out however I want to cruise this out. I mean, sure, you're outliving the average fucking American at that rate. So, I don't know. I think, I think eating clean is good. But mm-hmm. when I, when I say, when I think of eating clean, I think of eating natural ingredients. Of course. You know, not like, I know some people, they think of eating clean. Like, you know what I, oh, I recently didn't even realize, but I was buying it for a while. Margarine. Like fake butter. Mm-hmm. Cut that shit right out, bro. I like my butter, butter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like. I can believe it's butter because it is butter type shit. Fair enough. You know, like, I'm 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 gonna start doing the same thing over here, with the pig fat, mm-hmm. but like way smaller quantity, uh, because we don't use it as much. But like, I think eating clean is just like eating natural ingredients. I know you probably think that I'm going to play devil's advocate right now, but honestly, I'm not because I couldn't agree more. Um, In a perfect world, if it were up to me, I would be in, I'm not going to say remote, maybe pseudo remote location, growing my own fucking crops, um, raising my own cattle and pigs and chickens and yeah. You don't even have to be that remote, though. Like, yeah, we're we're so like stuck with this idea that like people who raise their own food or like grow their own food live in the boonies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, live out there in the country where there's no cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents do it. You know, besides the pigs and stuff like that. But like, my parents they have chickens. My sister she does as well. Oh wow! And you know. Most chicken eggs aren't white, bro. They're brown. They're brown. So why the ones we buy in the store are bleach white, bro? Exactly. Well, I mean, I buy my brown. My eggs are organic, or yeah. at least that's what they say. Yeah. But they're Free brown. range. Yeah. 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 So I try and buy the brown ones whenever I can. But you ever notice the brown ones are twice as expensive? Of course. And eggs are even going up already. Mm-hmm. 
I think my the eggs that I typically get, it's like Happy Feet or some shit like that. I don't know. Happy like, brand. And don't get me wrong. I understand, like, you know, people cleaning the eggs before, you know, selling them because, you know, the, the chances that, like, there's some micro, uh, some organisms on the egg or mm-hmm. some bacteria on the shell. And when you crack it, it gets into your pot. Whatever. The chances are slim, but they're... I understand cleaning the eggs. But why are they perfectly white, bro? Why are they cocaine white, bro? Oof. Cocaine, but we can get on that subject in a bit. We can touch that. <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it, bro. I don't I, get it. I don't know why some of the products that we naturally are inclined to buy from a grocery store look the way that they do compared to if you were to buy them naturally or go to a farmer's market in some cases if they were more frequent around the area i would prefer to go to a farmer's market because at least you know what you're getting yeah like some of this shit is sketchy as fuck now i'm almost scared to ingest any of it yeah the the honestly the only uh i guess the only canola oil is the only thing i keep here Mm -hmm. um because I got like a little fryer in the garage when we do like fish fries and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, I I used to buy vegetable oil. Now the only oil I buy is olive oil. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I can say. I... Well, for like the longest time, pretty much until the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, when there was like that, that whole cholesterol thing. Mm-hmm. Um. One sec. Pretty much until the 90s or the 70s when there was that whole cholesterol thing, everything was fried in, like, animal fat. Mm-hmm. Beef tallow, like, pork uh, pork fat. And people were healthy. Have you ever seen that picture of it's, like, a, a beach in, like, I don't know, maybe it was, like, the 50s or the 60s? And everybody on that beach is ripped, bro. Like, in shape, healthy. Mm-mm. No, I'm gonna have to pull that up and show you. But, like, people were fit. You know, I'm not saying there wasn't obesity and like some people weren't bigger or some people weren't smaller, but people were healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, and now we're the opposite under the guise of like, oh, we eat clean. But my thing is like, cholesterol isn't bad for you. It's good. Everything is okay in moderation. I think that's what people fail to realize, but... We also have to look at, okay, if inflation is a factor, right, is obesity an individual problem or is it a social problem? Because some people aren't in a position to purchase the things that would be considered healthier eating. And then some people are and still aren't doing anything substantial enough to manage their weight like I always find it and it's no shade to anyone who is vegetarian or vegan or whatever but I find it rather strange that you are vegetarian and or vegan but are still technically scientifically overweight you know because you're not getting all of the the shit that you would expect would make you so I actually there was somebody talking about this because you know people always argue based off like what diet is the best diet Mm -hmm. Um, some people are like oh carnivore paleo diets 
um, keto diets, vegetarian, veganisms. Mm -hmm. Like, there's always an argument on which one is the best one. And they were talking about how, like, all these diets have good results. But instead of, like, they always argue on, like, which one is the best one, which one is the best one, instead of looking at what they all cut out. And if you're on one of those diets, the common factor that you cut out to be on those diets, for the most part, is processed foods. Mm -hmm. You cut out those foods because it's hard to maintain a diet when you don't know if this can of tomatoes has added sugars in it or has something that, like, goes against your diet. So you you tend to have to make everything from scratch if you truthfully stick to these diets, like, legitimately. Mm Mm-hmm. And what all those diets have in common is they cut out, like, these convenience foods, as I call them, or these processed foods. But instead of, like, figuring out what all these diets have in common, we just tend to argue about these diets. Or which one's better? No, this one's better. No, this one's stupid. Why would you be a vegan? No, this we, one's dumb. Why would you kill animals? There's so many different phases. Atkins diet. Fucking some people prefer Herbalife. Some people yeah. want to do fucking shakes. But the reality is, and... I feel like I am more than entitled to say what I'm about to say. So if you get any fucking feelings, say it. Take that motherfucker's soul. (laughs) All you require is consistency. Fact. And that's eating as well as working out. I was 310 pounds max weight at 18 fucking years old. Damn. I am 100. And 80 pounds right now. I did all of it by myself. No fucking surgery. Nothing. Why? Consistency. I had people that showed me the way. Provided me an opportunity to work out with them. And then I took off and maintained on my own terms. It really isn't difficult. But you need consistency because your body needs consistency it doesn't have to be hard at all you don't have to go out and get a fucking fab fucking overnight surgery and think that it's going to give you the results that you're looking for you could honestly do it yourself cutting back maintaining what or cutting back on your eating habits maintaining a a sufficient workout even if you just fucking take a two-mile walk every day to create some sort of consistency to get the heart going and doing something that's outside of the norm. Yes, eventually you will have to up it a little bit. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, a level. it takes a level of discipline that we're not accustomed to anymore. Of course, because we want fucking things easy. Easy, yeah. Yeah, but one of those things about those diets is like, I see this mainly with uh, people who go like vegetarian or vegan. One of the things I hate that I see, like, I don't care what your diet is, eat whatever you want to eat, it's none of my business, and I don't really care. But, like, these people go vegetarian or vegan, and they see no results, but they're not really vegetarians or vegans, bro, they just buy the shit that says vegan. Mm-hmm. on it like they buy the impossible burgers which by the way are disgusting absolutely trash and, like, if you ever see how those maids or if you ever read the studies on like the results of those like they test that shit on like rats and shit and the rats like all develop liver cancer from eating that like if you really look into this stuff it's horrible 
if you're gonna if you're gonna do it like just do it yourself it's not hard to buy beans cook the beans make them into patties like if that's your thing bro that's your thing i don't like it i think it's nasty regardless but if you're gonna do it at least do it like we're talking about from scratch you know that way you know exactly what you're putting in your body and contrary to popular belief making black bean burgers from scratch is super fucking easy if you're ever curious i mean it can't be that hard i'd assume it's like a little bit of black beans mush them up turn them into patties maybe add like a little cornstarch or flour you don't even have to add that dude like you literally dry them out in the oven fucking mash them up fucking add in whatever spices and seasonings and things of that nature onions etc and a food processor and then form them up yeah make your patty as thick as you want to throw them in the oven and boom and then freeze the extra exactly and it's it's no different than buying it at the store i said it's a lot cleaner because you know and it tastes better because you made them yourself because you know what you like yeah same like you know i know uh people who are on like carnivore diets they only eat meat Mm -hmm. i think well i don't know which one is which but like i know they eat like meat and they'll eat like starches Mm mm-hmm these, these people, like, some people, yeah, they just go and they buy their meat at the grocery store. The ones who are serious about it, though, they go to, like, a cattle farm. And they're like, yeah, I want that one. And, you know, the cattle farm pay, like, you have to pay the fee for the meat and then an additional fee for them to send it to get processed. Mm-hmm. Or, in other words, cut up. Not processed, but, like, cut up. Yeah. And into the portions of meat that you want. And they'll buy half a cow. That way, at least you know, like, you saw your ingredient all the way through. But, yeah, man, this... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it doesn't have to be a difficult process. You just have to create a level of consistency that most of us aren't used to because we expect results fast. Weight loss, fucking healthy eating, clean eating, that shit isn't an overnight process. You you can wake up one morning and say that, fuck, I want to eat clean and drink a fucking spinach and apple smoothie that morning by fucking noon. You're eating a fucking Baconator with extra mayo. <laughs> like, Baconator. that's not consistency. You've resorted back to what you are yeah it's a commitment and it does require a certain level of discipline you can't just talk about it you have to be about it yeah no. i don't i wouldn't say that like i'm on a on any type of diet or anything like that um i don't know if there's a term for the type of way that we eat here but like we make everything or we try you know of course there's some things that are just a little unreasonable Mm-hmm. But, like, we try to make everything from scratch to the point where uh, I'm trying to learn how to make our own, like, bread and stuff. It's not that hard. I just got invested time into it. But I've been doing the research. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know, baking our own bread. That's the next step I want to go to because almost everything we make ourselves, you know? Yeah. I used to have this coworker when I worked at Kroger years ago. And his mom used to make bread, and I would buy the bread from him. It was so fucking Dude, amazing. Dude, homemade bread is so good. And that's another thing, right? Again, talking about convenience food, right? Mm. You buy a loaf of bread. Most people buy loaves of bread. Um, and when you buy these loaves, right, 
Like a, a loaf of bread lasts for so long. You ever notice how long a loaf of like Wonder Bread lasts? For so long. But if you go to a bakery and you, you buy that like freshly baked bread, it'll last you like four or five days maybe before it starts growing mold. True. So what are they putting in the bread to make it last that long? And how does that affect your digestive system? Facts. Wow. That reminds me of the, um, the McDonald's fry. Story. Oh, yeah. And it, like somebody loses a fry under their fucking under their seat. seat. And they go back and it could be like months. It could be years later. And the fry is in the same condition, condition it was yeah. when they lost it. That's weird. That's weird as fuck. That's weird as fuck, bro. Like, they're trying to say that they're... Because I used to eat their nuggets. That was, like, my one guilty confession. Um, They're saying the nuggets are, like, all white meat chicken breasts now. Well, I mean... I need to see something. Like, the process in which they're being... Because I don't know if I believe that. So, I've known a lot of people who have watched, like, a a video of, like, how McDonald's makes their meat or how they make their food. And they're like, oh, I'm going vegan because this is sick. Like, what you're putting in your body is toxin. I agree to an extent. Mm -hmm. I don't... I think how McDonald's does it, or how... Not calling out McDonald's specifically, but all fast food places. I think how they do it is disgusting. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way to do it. That's not like getting ground beef and like balling it up and making patties. That's not the way to do it. I have seen how they make it and it is quite frankly disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, But we're going to take a quick segment break um, and we'll get right back into it. All right, we are back. Okay, let's get back into it. Want some drugs? Yes. Is that easy? Is that no easy? stranger days. You got drugs or not? Hey man, I was just playing, man. Don't play with me. <laughs> Don't play with me. What you playing for? What are the drugs? I love drugs. Give me the drugs. God damn, what the drugs is it? Drugs. So, alright, Derek, you care to explain what you just played, bro? So, that was like this random ass TikTok um, video meme, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And the reason I played that is because thinking about this whole food thing and inflation, um, I kind of started thinking about the, the stressors that people are kind of enduring as a result of inflation and not being able to afford the, the normal things. So what are some of the most common practical or non-practical ways that people cope with stressors? You know, some people resort to drinking. Some people pop some mollies. Some people pop mollies just because. Hey, pop molly, I'm sweating. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think like drugs are another thing that's becoming like a common major. I, it's been an issue. Obviously, we had the war on drugs and other things, but it's become more prevalent in modern society, more so than it was in the past. And we're not just 
calling it a problem, we're actually kind of putting it in a place where we're glorifying it. Mm-hmm. You notice that? It's kind of weird. We're glorifying drugs, for example? Um, well, look at the... I'm not going to beat a dead horse with music. We've already talked about music. But, like, modern-day music, uh, how we glorify the idea of just popping pills, mm-hmm. Zany's perks. Um, we're excessive when we indulge in anything now. Like, weed is legal damn near across the fucking country. I'm not saying that it's bad or anything, mm-hmm. but, I mean, everything becomes a problem once you exceed moderation. Yeah. Nicotine, so- etc. I think I think I kind of agree with you. I didn't think I was gonna agree with you because, <laughs> well, I'll explain my stance on drugs. But I didn't I didn't think I was gonna agree with you when you started. But I can I can meet you in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think that the way we glorify it is wrong. Yeah. Because I think everything has a purpose, mm-hmm. and I think I think drugs are good. Like, I, I know how that sounds. I, drugs are good for you kids. No, that's not what I'm saying. But, like, by no means is, is that what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying a lot of these drugs have been around since the existence of mankind. Mm-hmm. A lot of these drugs. And we touched on it on another podcast, I think. I talked about ayahuasca a little bit. Uh, for the listeners, I don't do drugs, and I'll submit to a drug test any day of the week, okay? Facts. But that doesn't mean I don't do research and I can't form my own opinions. I think the way we glorify it in uh, music, you know, everything from like selling drugs to using of drugs, I think it's it's bad how we glorify it because we glor we we portray it in our music. Well, I say art like I make music, but we portray it in music like, oh yeah, you know smoke weed all the time just for the fun of it like I, don't, I think there's more to it than that but I think the way we advertise it is probably bad mm-hmm. um so I, I can agree I can agree with you on that but I mean, a lot of these drugs have common practical uses pain etc mm-hmm. um I know opioids were are commonly used for medical issues. Um, amphetamines are used for um, attention deficit, but there has to be like a line because we are at a point now where we're not just using them for the things that they're designed to be used for, but rather for leisure activities. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see it like there's like, I know that I know this is not as like easy as it. I'm about to, I'm about to make it sound, but I, I see it as like two type of drug users. Mm-hmm. The people who use drugs to escape reality and the people who use drugs to find their reality. And what I mean by find the reality is like, you know, soul searching. And I guess an example I'll give is, uh, there's like a lot of studies for using psychedelic drugs for people with traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and PTSD. Um, 
there's there's a lot of research behind it although it isn't something that's like currently well i'm not saying it's not currently being developed but it's not a current practice in our country there is countries that do use it for post-traumatic stress and there is um research currently being done for those methods you know a lot of times for cancer patients they'll prescribe them marijuana you know to help their appetite or to help their sleep or to help them relax Mm -hmm. and i'm all for the natural i hate calling them drugs but like i guess that's what we have them classified so for the sake of continuity I'll, i'll use the term drugs i'm all for the natural drugs I prefer to use remedies, but mm-hmm. I'm offering the natural drugs. Uh, marijuana, mushrooms, um, ayahuasca. Those type of drugs, like, I'm off for it. And there, there's a, a whole list of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, off the top of my head. Uh, that's what I got. But, again, I, I don't use drugs, so I can't say from my own experience, you know, this or that. I don't have an experience with drugs, but I am a supporter. As long as you're using it for the right reasons. Like I said, you're either using it to escape escape reality, which is not conducive because if you're just trying to escape reality all the time, eventually you gotta face the you gotta face the music. Yeah. This is real life and real life isn't your trip. But there's also people who use it for anywhere from, you know, like deeper thinking, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, helping with PTSD and when I say helping with PTSD I don't mean escaping the reality of your PTSD I'm talking about like there's studies where they use these drugs to help people s- dig deep into their brain and find the root cause of PTSD mm-hmm. for example I was listening to this gentleman talk after he came back from um, deployment you know came back from the war got out of the service struggling with PTSD really bad Mm -hmm. he went to another country and he like did this program he submitted himself to this program and this program um throughout the steps of this program they gave him different psychoactive drugs and you know like you think you get back from deployment or something oh I got blown up that's my that's why I have PTSD but a lot of times it goes way deeper than just the event. Mm-hmm. It goes like, it's like a chain linked things that led up to that event. So the first step with any problem is identifying the problem. Mm-hmm. So his PTSD, he said while he was taking these psychoactive drugs, he was able to like almost dig deeper into his brain and identify a lot of the problems and where they stem from you know okay i got blown up but what happened before that what was so significant about this blow up like about this attack because you know you're on a deployment if that's what your job criteria is you've probably been attacked or blown up more than once mm-hmm. but like why why am i having reoccurring nightmares about this one yeah why not all the other ones why this one specifically so you got to be able to identify what happened, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes it goes back even into your childhood. Of like, course, because childhood trauma carries years. 
exactly. into your existence. You know, some people have like traumatic car accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we're talking about a uh, military sense, but like some people just have like a traumatic car accident. Mm-hmm. Well, why was this car accident different than this car accident? You know, and a lot of the things, it's the events of that specific um, car accident triggered something that you know may uh, may be a problem that stems to your childhood that's just been living subconsciously in your brain mm-hmm. and then now every time you remember that car accident you remember all this other trauma from your past but to be able to identify these problems you have to be able to dig into your brain so the the gentleman was pretty much describing how like he realized his ptsd was more related to incidents in his life than the actual than the actual traumatic event Mm -hmm. and how they're like chain linked and it's a chain reaction very very super interesting um and i truthfully believe that that psychoactive drugs can help you heal your brain which is like something relatively new that Mm -hmm. we're experiencing with as a society is like a lot of times you know in the past um and this is kind of what we talked about earlier, where like I'm conservative in nature, but not 100%, not completely conservative. Because I know traditionally in the past, you know, people have traumatic events and they're like, all right, you know, toughen up, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, all that type of stuff. You know, you got to push through it. That was yesterday, today's today. But there are wounds that you can't see that have to be identified. That's in order for you to heal. And they're not wounds that you can heal with a band-aid. They're not wounds that you can heal with stitches. Mm-hmm. They're wounds in your brain. And I think psychoactive drugs are, are really helpful in that in that sense. You know, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca's been around since like native civilizations in South America before colonization and before the explorers, you know? Been around all this time. Hmm. I watched this documentary on Netflix. Um, I can't remember the exact name. I think it's called like Shroom or something like that or Mushroom. I don't know. But it's all about shrooms. Cool. I'm going to have to write that down. And it's not what you think. It's, it's not just a documentary about like the psychoactive shrooms. It's, it's a documentary about... Um, I'm looking it up right now so I can give you the name. Okay. Oh, it's called Fantastic Fungi. There mm. you go. There you go. Um, it's called Fantastic Fungi. And again, it's not just about... It's about mushrooms, but it's not just about like the ones that make you trip. It's about mushrooms like down to from what they are to like all the different like mushrooms that there is. And yo, how fucking, how fucking fascinated I was by this. Bro, mushrooms are crazy, bro. I can imagine. And like, I can't even go into describing it because I'm not well-versed in such a complex topic. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to butcher it, but it is crazy. <laughs> the way they grow, how they grow, the elements they grow in, you know, like how they like reproduce and it is like honestly the first time this is gonna sound bad but the first time i watched it it was so peaceful 
right? Again, I don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. But like watching and learning about this and like the imagery was so peaceful, bro, that I fell asleep watching it. I had to wake up and watch the last like 30 minutes of it over. I actually just rewatched the whole thing, but I had to wake up and watch the last 30 minutes of it over Mm -hmm. because I really wanted this knowledge. But like at one point, the, the imagery was so peaceful that I was like mesmerized by it. It's a beautiful documentary, and um, the gentleman even talks about, like, how, like, different mushrooms have different components that are good for even healing cancers. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he talks about uh, how his mother um, had was diagnosed with, like, stage four breast cancer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he... He... Um, he had been doing the research for mushrooms for a long time at that point and he recommended or the doctor recommended or something but he had been doing a lot of research at this point um and anyways he he got his mom these mushrooms that were really good and Mm -hmm. you know not not psychoactive mushrooms we're just talking about like a medicine like a, a vegetable a vegetable just think about it like as a vegetable but he got his mother um, these mushrooms, and she was like, "Look, t- uh, you know, have these twice a day." Da-da-da. I'm not saying that that cured her cancer, but it rapidly helped her recover, and rapidly helped her survive. And she's still alive. Like at the end of the uh, documentary, she comes out with him, and she's there, and she's well and alive. So my thing is like, there's all these different components to drugs Mm -hmm. but we classify them all as drugs marijuana mushrooms mdma uh crack cocaine heroin we just all put these in in this label of drugs and yeah there's schedule one drugs and then all this stuff but i think we owe it to society to look deeper into this um and i mean they already are Mm -hmm. on that this isn't some like revolutionary idea that i'm saying right here but I don't think we're, I don't think we're actively putting enough attention to like what these drugs could do. I, there are people that are actively putting it up, but like, why isn't this mainstream media? Why isn't this coming up on the news every day? Like, oh wow, mushrooms could be the cure to this, or you know, psychoactive drugs could help PTSD. Like, why aren't we seeing this on the news? I think they only plaster it on the news when the the context of it is from a negative light because you know that's typically what they I say they like a conspiracy theorist but that's what they want to push the negative side of things there are positives yes and I think the majority of us know that there are some positive things that correlate with what we categorize as drugs but most of the time, you won't hear about it unless you take that time to do that personal research. You know what, bro? I am a conspiracy theorist, and everybody who's listened to this at this point knows I said this before. I don't care what y'all think about me. Call me conspiracy theorist if you want. But I think that pharmaceutical companies can't figure out how to profit from this. So it's going to remain classified as it is until they do. Because if you knew you can treat your own um, 
ailments by growing something in the backyard and consuming it. There's no money in that for anybody else. Well, I don't want to speak ignorantly of um, certain things that I've read about because at this point in time, I can't give you all the specific details. But there have been at least a couple of occasions that I can mentally think of right now that have kind of described two instances of drugs being developed to cure cancer cells. Yeah. And for whatever it's worth, those people have either disappeared or that fucking context has been completely removed from the internet in its entirety in most cases. So, like, what do you do about that? You tell me there's no fucking conspiracy behind that and I would tell you that you're a fucking lie to your face because that's strange. Like, you have the potential to save the world, yet it does absolutely nothing for pharmaceutical companies for you to develop or to find a breakthrough drug that can potentially save millions of lives. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to paint drugs as a complete negative because otherwise more people would fucking find ways of using natural herbs and things in their backyard to potentially save their life, right? Yeah. I mean, like, right now we're in this opioid crisis i don't know how many years ago during the reagan era it was the war on drugs um now we are fucking dealing with fentanyl and synthetic opioid yes but initially it was used for pains and physical ailments but now it's what one of the leading causes of death yeah but well the crazy thing is right going back to the the whole pharmaceutical thing is you know, if you're in pain because of a surgery or whatever, they'll, they'll prescribe you, you know, you fall, you hurt yourself, break a bone. They'll prescribe you Percocet, like, off rip. Cucks. You know, they'll prescribe you a painkiller, like, fast. Mm-hmm. But they won't tell you, like, oh, hey, you know, this marijuana is much more of a natural alternative and will soothe you just, just as light. And everything is addictive, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, everything we do as humans, we have an addictive nature. Mm-hmm. Can marijuana be addictive? Yeah, of course. But is marijuana gonna ruin your life? Like, a is is becoming addicted to marijuana gonna ruin your life the same way as becoming addicted to Percocet mm-hmm. or opium? Be careful how you answer that question, because you might give someone the wrong idea. No, I, and that's not that's not what I'm going for here. I'm not saying, but I'm saying like. If we're talking about safer alternatives, yeah. or healthier alternatives, I would take the natural versus the the pill. Because, I mean, the major difference is, despite being able to actively buy cannabis anywhere, you can, in theory, grow your own. Yeah. And it's not really, a, not that I would know anything about that, but having seen books and things of that nature, even the anarchist cookbook, um... It's a relatively simple, it's no different from growing like any other plant. Yeah, and you know? or for another example, right? Let's say you're struggling with like severe anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, hey, take this, uh, take this Xanax. Xanax will, will cure your anxiety. Well, it won't cure your anxiety, but it'll make it to where you can live with it, right? Why would you want to like live with that and have to take a medication every day to bring you back down 
when there's psychoactive drugs that can help you, one, find the root of your anxiety, and two, take care of it. And you don't have to depend on these psychoactive drugs. Like, I'm, we're talking about, like, cures versus medicines that can cure you versus medicines that you have to live with, right? Because if you have severe anxiety, people have to, some people have to take Xanax every day mm-hmm. to, to be able to cope with that. But you can easily experiment with psychoactive drugs and possibly just cure your anxiety. And there's science and, and studies to prove this. Uh, again, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not an expert and I'm not that well versed. I'm not a doctor either. And I'm not t- telling anybody mm-hmm. to experiment with drugs. That's not what I'm promoting here. I'm just kind of like asking these questions like, why aren't we more invested into like looking into these? To be honest, I don't know. And I wish I had an answer for you. I know there's a scientific side to it like a natural science side, and then there's a psychological side. For the psychological side, I'd be curious about it since we are having this discussion, but for that, I'd have to phone a girlfriend. Um, Outside of that, I really don't know a whole lot about... Because it's interesting, but I think, again, it goes back to the statement we made earlier. When it requires research, it's not fast enough for the average person Mm -hmm. And we want results fast. It's too easy for a doctor to write a script for a fucking zanny and pass it off. They'll give you a piece of paper with the warnings and directions on how to properly use it. They don't even have the label on the fucking bottle that says, take this amount at this time daily. But the long-term effects could be significant. The addictive properties of it could be significant. Those aren't the things that are being stated. And I think a lot of it ties back into the insurance companies as well, right? Because everything's money. Money. If your money ain't green, then it ain't worth talking to you about any of the options, to be honest. Research will get you personal satisfaction, right? Money will get you instant satisfaction. Mm. And if your insurance company is going to cover the cost of Xanax and your physician knows that, then guess what? Guess what? They're going to do what's going to get them paid. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a lack of integrity. You know, mm-hmm. if, I'm not saying that is happening out there, but if it is happening out there, I think that's a lack of integrity. Um, with that said, uh, this, this whole thing came into mind because I've been watching this show. Um, and it's not a show about this, but it's, it's a show that takes place in the Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. And just how... You know, in the show, like, during the Prohibition era, these people who were selling alcohol, they weren't, like, criminals off the street, bro. They were, like, prominent people who took advantage of the fact that they made alcohol illegal. Mm -hmm. And they took advantage of it for what? Like, we talked about money. And... I'm not saying this show is factually accurate, but this this type of stuff did for sure happen, uh, without a doubt. So, I don't know, it kind of makes me, kind of like, I was watching that show and it kind of like brought me to like, okay, well, we passed the Prohibition era. What relates to that in our society? The war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And how they use the war on drugs 
to flood the streets with drugs. Exactly. And that's insane that like this is a thing that happened, but so many people so many people know very little about. You know, there's people out there that know about this, mm-hmm. but like not enough attention is being brought to it. So now we have this war on drugs, which I guess they say, oh, the war on drugs ended. But did it really? Or did they just well, still change the name? <laughs> very much today. And a lot of the products that are being pushed out now in the communities are even easier to get because naturally, and most of the time, you're getting prescribed them by your doctors. We're not fucking really focused on heroin or crack and coke anymore when you can get fucking pills and it's a quick turnaround standing at a fucking window and paper bag or you just want to hand carry yeah you know what's crazy since you uh said crack and cocaine you know like i found this out recently um not that i didn't know but like I thought the process that it was made made it different in some way. Again, I don't I don't do drugs, so but crack and cocaine are the exact same thing. Yeah, it's just how it's used. The the method of delivery is the only difference. Mm-hmm. They're the the exact same components. Mm-hmm. It's just the method of delivery that's different. So with Cocaine, since you're like usually inhaling it um, through the nose, it's not, it's a different effect because crack, you're usually inhaling it through smoking it. Uh-huh. Like, so it's you're like freebasing it or something. Yeah. Exact same thing though. It just, it, how it hits the body differently makes one more addictive than the other, oh. essentially. But, it's literally the same. And that's... It's weird. Again, those are topics that we don't generally talk about because the average person... I mean, if you unless you do the shit yourself, you don't know. Yeah. So it's kind of fucking weird. Like, unless you do it or do the research. Which, yeah. Yeah. But, no, nah, it's just crazy. Uh, I don't know. I think it's worth looking into, but... Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was it, man. I just wanted to talk about that real quick before we wrap this bad boy up. Put oh, that out there. Yeah, but uh, I wish we could have dived a little deeper into it because I feel like there's so much more. Like I want to get into like the origins of how like drugs or who decided that by pushing drugs out into the communities, it would create the sort of backlash that it has to this yeah, day. destabilized a yeah. community. It's like, it was, again, you know, I always sound like a conspiracy theory, but it's pretty cut and dry that it was a very intentional plan to destabilize mm-hmm. a lot of communities. Of course. Um, should, we dare, should we dare say what types yeah. of, or what communities? And, you know, and it doesn't matter, like, what side of the spectrum you fall under as, as far as, like, political views it's clear and it's cut and dry that that was that was something that definitely was intended to destabilize certain communities more than anything else. Big but facts. but uh, I think that is something that we should definitely come back to. Um, definitely. Maybe another episode. 
maybe not a whole episode, but for the listeners, for y'all out there, I would like to, like you said, uh, maybe start off an episode and just go and talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. We I definitely think we got have our guest speaker who specializes in addiction to yeah. come on and give us a little a little more insight on it from a psychological aspect. Yeah, I would love I would love that. You know, that would be awesome. Uh, but we talked about it a lot today, and man, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I know whether y'all enjoy it or not, I always have a blast having Derek over and our, us doing our thing, man. And you got anything for the people? All right. I hope that y'all enjoy this, and hopefully we can keep the momentum going. Um, I was taking some notes last night for my honor, si- uh, honor society, and uh, I was kind of like thinking about how we're going to continue to build the momentum moving forward and hopefully reclaim our audience because that little gap kind of killed us but you know work pays the bills so unfortunately sometimes it interrupts you just need to find a way to allow us to maintain this flow and keep it going moving forward yeah no i totally agree and um honestly i think you know it's just gonna come back when it comes back and mm-hmm. you know we're just gonna keep doing our thing being true to ourselves um because. and doing what we love to do and doing it because we love to do it mm-hmm. um but please you know if y'all hear this and if it makes it on on your algorithm or whatever listen leave us comments you know if there's anything y'all disagree with or anything y'all like to add or a comment y'all would like to share with us please leave it in the comments we will address it and i mean we love speaking to the audience that's obviously why we do this but um yeah that's all i got for y'all i I did want to leave y'all on the same note that we entered um listen it can only ruin your life if it ruins your character so uh stay true to yourself and don't you know don't bend the knee for your own morals all right (laughs) bend the knee All right, y'all have a good one. Deuces.